When it comes to EVE Online, every player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Meta Show. I am Brisk Rubal. I am joined by the Matani. We are a little bit Hello. late today, but we had some guys messing with our space that kind of made us have a little bit of an attention fail there. So, uh, but unfortunately, you know, they didn't take the fight. So we're, we're still we're here. large. We're large and in charge. Look at us. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a brisk and mitten show. And it is. Uh, I, I, I'm we're looking over today. here and uh, you know, my, my large skull is actually not as large as brisks and I've got, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a sweater meta show today. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. Uh, it's black. Uh, I'm not sure whether we're going to found a new gimmick or, what we were actually planning on doing, Brisk, I think we've got kind of like a different show than our usual. I think we're like doing something new today. Maybe we you can are, tell us what we are, and we are. And here is the thing. So we saw last week that our dear friends in Pappy, or at least in Legacy, had a town hall. Now, they call us liars because we said that this was a state of the alliance, but I guess it wasn't a state of the alliance. It was just their weekly t town hall that they hadn't held for over a month. So, our bi-weekly town hall that they hadn't held for over a month. And we made fun of them, and we teased them, and there's a funny video, and maybe we'll even show it later. And one of the things they did in this town hall was they took questions and answers from the crowd. Now, their questions and answers se section was awful. Not only did they insult their members, oh, that's they right, just the didn't answer right or tell anybody anything. <laughs> and it, you walked away from this, this, uh, this legacy town hall knowing less than you did when you went in. So the Matani and I, because we are professionals, decided we wanted to do something that we haven't done in quite a long time because we've had so much content on the show. We have not done a cool kids question and answer. So what we're going to do, at least half of the show, we're going to try to do half of the show. we got a ton of news, and we are running a little bit late, so we may go a little bit over tonight. We're going to try to give you guys an opportunity to ask us whatever you want, and we will do our best to answer everything, and we will be truthful. I mean, obviously, you guys are going to ask crazy questions. You're going to ask future plans questions. You can pull out your fireside bingo cards and ask all the questions that you want of Mittens to try to get him to say stuff so you can hit bingo. We'll answer as much as we can because we feel like you guys deserve it. And that's what we're going to do on the show today after we get through all of the news. There's been a lot of news. Like, there's, you know, we are going to uh, talk about the M2 breakout. We are going to talk about uh, the the first big M2 breakout, obviously. Uh, we are going to talk, I mean, fuck, man, there there is a lot going on. Uh, and more important, I mean, I don't know if it counts as important or not, but one of the biggest challenges we have is uh, both Brisk and I have mugs on this show, right? I didn't start with a mug, uh, Brisk had a mug, and then uh, we hired some lovely mercenaries earlier on in this war called Rebecca Dot, and they were kind enough, their leader was kind enough to send me a Rebecca Dot mug, which unfortunately I do not have, but I mean, it's upstairs, but it's been a busy day. Um, but, uh, you know, it's probably not the most relevant thing in the world for us to start things out with here, but 
I kind of think we have to talk about conifers to Linda Est. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it's mug related and brisk. I'm just going to, you know, this has nothing to do with the war. This has nothing to do with anything, but it involves brisk's mug. And so I think we should address this situation. Which, which, all right. So, all right, we're going to go right in Nullsuck Power Hour and talk about this. Cause it's, it's, I, ha I can't not say anything. Yeah. So here we go. Now, while we have been focused entirely on the war, pretty much, between Pappy and the Imperium, the rest of New Eden has been doing their stuff. And a lot of things have happened. And as you guys know, for those who have asked, I end every show on the Meta Show with my one of my two catchphrases. One of them is, Pinecones Delenda Est. That refers to the United Federation of Conifers, who I am in a death struggle with, was... Because two years ago, a Black Ops fleet I was on dropped on them and they killed my widow. And it was like a three billionist widow it was my favorite Black Ops ship. I love that widow. They killed it. Fuck pinecones. So since then, I have had a big hate boner for pinecones. But it's like, it's cute because I like these guys. They're kind of fun guys. And I have my, my anti-pinecones mug and I drink out of it every week. And I'm drinking out of it right now. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> Pinecones got destroyed. It happened. <laughs> and I have to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to my best new friends in the whole wide world in Volta who put the pressure. And I, I was talking to Starfleet Commander and the guys earlier, put the pressure on the Pinecones to the point that they fail skated. And now they're all ending up jumping into Road Capel to go take fraternity on. They couldn't handle Volta. So they went for the easier pickings in fraternity. Just saying. So let me let me show. I got I got to show you this because it's great. Mm -hmm. All right, let's, let's see it. Boom. Oh wait, it's behind <laughs> me. I better put it in front of me. I got to move our cameras out of the way so you can see it. This is the glorious, the absolute glorious slope. Look at that slope. Four hundred mm -hmm. and some mm -hmm. members mm -hmm. to one hundred and eighty-five. They're Sov at the height of Sov. Let me, I got to show you guys this, but this was September of 2020. They controlled massive territories in pure blind all over the place. They held all of Declan. These guys were punching way above their weight. They always have. They had all of this space. It took one week. One week. Boom. Gone. Wow. They got like one system left, and then now they have nothing. So for all of you guys, for all of you guys who have been with me on this trip, I no longer have to say Pinecones Delenda Est at the end of every Nimeta show. I can say now proudly Extinctus Pinecones because they are dead. That's it. I outlived them. <laughs> and for that, I'm going to buy another fucking widow. And we're going to go there. It's going to be great. So anyway, that was, I had to get the, we had to do the Pinecones part of the show because that's funny. Now, I guarantee you, there are almost a thousand people watching this. You guys want to hear us talk about M2. So we're going to go into the top story, which obviously is the breakout in M2. Mittens just had a fireside. We went over a lot of stuff. I got some graphics for you. We want to put mm -hmm. on everything that happened in perspective and give you the Imperium side. Because if Feed you've been reading Reddit. some more dreadnoughts. Exactly. And if Titans. you've been reading Reddit, 
We are totally demoralized. Oh, oh my no, God, the world is ending. Over. Oh my God. They because got they got some Titans, Titans out, out and they have a bunch still stuck. Oh, and they just fed us their entire dread fleet and please feed us more of your dread fleet. Exactly. Give We're going to top more. story talk about the, uh, about M2. The M2 fight, obviously Tuesday night, big breakout. Uh, there's been stories about it. Steve Mesner had a great article in PC Gamer, and I can't believe I just used those words in the same sentence. <laughs> it was a great article. It was well-written. It was long. It went through the entire thing. Most wow. of the stuff was good. I mean, he didn't get anything really wrong. I was impressed. I was very pleased with that. So I smoked a lot of stuff last night. I ate a lot of sandwiches last night. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I killed men until I'm not even, and Frank's not even here. It's good. So I wanted wow. to run through... Talk a little bit about what happened in M2. Obviously, you know, these guys were able to get a significant portion of their fleet out. Mittens, tell, tell us what it was like when you guys started seeing stuff going down, and then I'll throw these graphics up and we can walk through the Okay, the yeah, I mean, so let's get this out of the way first, because if you are part of the Paspi group that just uh, tried again to break out and ran away from us again, like you do almost every day, um, this was a situation where the enemy executed competently, right? We have a field of that. bubbles, right? Well, essentially they had to because time is running out and there's enough adults in the room together that one of the things that Paspi is typically not willing to do is to take losses to pay a blood price to accomplish a greater objective. If you have a field of several hundred bubbles and you are willing to drop a dreadnought for every bubble that's there to clear the bubbles, you can get out of this hell camp right? You can do a breakout. It's just a question of assets versus bubbles. Like we can't stop people from dropping an entire dread fleet there and clearing the bubbles and then doing a breakout, which is what they did. The question is on our side for the performance is what is the price that we can force Paspi to pay? Um, and in this case, what they did was the right thing, is they anteed up their entire dread fleet. We killed about 2 trillion isk worth of stuff. We lost about 500 billion isk worth of stuff. Um, and they are obviously elated because they got, I think, 180 of their Titans out. So the current count is, uh, and then later on, they did another little breakout where they logged on three Titans and lost one of them. So uh, as of a couple of days ago, and so these statistics are like two or three days old. Uh, so there's probably some more like dread losses in there too. I'm not entirely sure on this, uh, but we are up to since the M2 extinction event began. And when I say the M2 extinction event, like this is, this is a process now uh, that has been going on since, you know, fuck, December 30th. Uh, 302 Titans and 614 Paspi uh, Titans and Dreadnoughts have eaten shit. Uh, we have lost far less than that. Uh, and we are going to continue to do that because basically our focus here is, okay, now they have gotten out the bulk of their forces. We still have 131, like, this is one of the things that, and I think this is an issue for everybody, right? It's not just for the Imperium side, but even on the Paspi side, the scale of what is happening right now in EVE Online is crazy, right? Like it, it, it's uh, the size of the forces involved, uh, the scale of the assets that are trapped in M2 even now, right? Like 131 Titans are still stuck there, which means that we have a viable, they have to do another coordinated breakout. Now we believe that there may very well be a coordinated breakout attempt tomorrow because the enemy is forming at 2030 Eve. 
we are forming before them. Everybody is getting ready to do this iHub M2 timer thing. Uh, and if they have enough forces, logically, they will try to use force superiority for superiority to break them out. And then hopefully we can have another Titan fight. Our goal on the Imperium side has been to kill as much of this stuff as we can when they are forced to pull it out. Because there's another side of this, and this is something we're gonna be talking about later on in the show. But while we are holding these guys in M2, stuff is still happening in the rest of the galaxy. And that's something that our enemies would like you to forget. Uh, if you bring up maps of MNC, of impasse, of catch, of the legacy backfield, you will see that a bunch of shit is on fire. Because while they are held in M2, the rest of EVE that isn't involved in this war is going, hey, wait a second, we actually don't have to worry about having these guys drop our super, you know, drop super caps on us. Paspi doesn't have super cap umbrellas in their home anymore while we're holding them in M2. And so people are beginning to take advantage of that. You're starting to see a lot of attrition across the board. Uh, and so that is essentially uh, what has been the story of this war since the, uh, the M2 extinction event has begun, is camping, holding, and then gradually while this is happening, you're starting to see more and more fire in the enemy backfield. Uh, but Credit to Paspi. They did the breakout the correct way. It took them weeks for them to do it, to man up and finally go, okay, the only way for us to do this is to put our dread fleet on the table and sacrifice it to get what they could get out. They paid the blood price. I'm happy about that. Um, I'd always like to kill more Titans, but if they're going to put basically a dread fleet in front of us as ablative armor, it gives us a, it gives us a chance to clear through their caches. Um, so yeah, I mean, GG, we'll see you again tomorrow and maybe we can do it again. Maybe we can kill another Dreadfleet. Maybe we can kill some more Titans. That's all yeah, the dream. And, and, and I mean, to, to, to Mitt's point, I, I, there, obviously you see a big thing like that and both sides are going to spin it and both sides can claim victory. And I frankly, you know, we have been they saying executed from the beginning. executed competently on the breakout. We executed competently in the reply. I give them credit. And that's Next the thing. Line. I give them credit. They did what they had to do. They, the OPSEC on this was very good to the point that I get the feeling based on the comments that I've heard from some members of some of these alliances that the OPSEC was too good and there were too many, there were plenty of people that didn't get the, the tap on the shoulder that Billy said that he sent to all of his favorite pilots. And they're, they're kind of mad that their stuff is still stuck there. We'll get to that in a minute. So I want to go, I want to go over those numbers as well. Mm -hmm. we've, seen, we've seen a bump in their subcap numbers over the last week or so. Obviously, that, this, this was the thing that needed they needed to get fired back up again. But at the same time, I'm gonna show you another graphic here in a second that's gonna demonstrate that, that things are not looking so rosy even after this breakout. So let's look at these numbers here. So here's what we have trapped in the hell camp still. And the number, the number that's there, the first number is oh, yeah, the, what we know is still stuck there. The number behind it is how, how much was originally stuck there. Mm -hmm. So the big winner, the absolute biggest winner of this breakout on Tuesday night was Fraternity. Right. Absolutely. They had 61 Titans trapped in there. They got 60 mm -hmm. of them out. Mm -hmm. So if you're Norhouse, and frankly, what I'd be saying, is I, I'm more than willing to bet that you had Norhouse and the guys were, were kind of poking Billy saying, hey, uh, my north is on fire. I got to get my caps out. When are you guys going to get us out of here? And and they made that happen. And the timing was perfect for a early China time zone breakout. And that's when that's when this went down. But test was the obvious second biggest winner. Horde uh, got thirty out. They still have more than half of theirs in. NC dot got more than half out. Brave, poor brave. I mean, 
<laughs> two thirds of their Titans are still stuck there. And you gotta wonder. I mean, this is legacy. I guess they weren't trusted. I guess they they didn't get the, the the shoulder tap from the cool kids club. I mean, I, Billy got his Titan out first, so well, of course. You know, he's, I mean, that's he's to be busy expected. polishing his champion's jewel. So yeah, that's uh, to be expected. That, right. You know, that... if you can take this uh, down here for a second, and I know I think the numbers are a little off now because. Uh, that is pretty close. They did a secondary breakout. We believe that there are 131 of those Titans trapped. So uh, again, this is a rolling thing. Whenever there's a big enough breakout, we ask our guys and our, our dudes in like the blazing group and the recon guys and everybody who's been involved on the, like the mass locator project. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of work to just run that many locators in a coordinated way. So those guys have been doing a lot of work to get us the intel that we need to make accurate strategic, strategic assessments about the camp. The yeah. fact that Fraternity is basically out with the exception of like one Titan pod is um, really interesting, actually. I mean, basically, if, if there was a winner of that breakout, unquestionably, like Fraternity is the only group that is now strategically like clear. Um, if anybody, I mean, you know, I think we're going to have a big fight tomorrow, right? I, I think tomorrow we're going to have a big fight. And if we do not put up, you know, it's put up or shut up or shut up time, right? Like if we don't turn up with enough dudes to hold these guys in, there will be another breakout attempt. Maybe we get a chance to kill some more of their Titans. Um, the golden ticket is still there. I have a feeling that these guys, you know, I made the golden ticket offer. Uh, and I cannot, you know, confirm or deny if anybody has accepted it. But now that uh, we have had the first big breakout. I will reiterate that the golden ticket is still an option, um, but I'm not going to be, like I'm expecting them to convo me, right? I'm not going to be knocking on Vince Draken's door, right? Like if they want out the, uh, you know, if somebody wants to buy the golden ticket, my door is open. You guys know how to get in touch with me, but I'm not going to come knock on your door because the alternative to the golden ticket is uh, ideally murdering your Titans tomorrow like that's that's really what i what i want to do because the economy in the game is just like the economy is on fire it's getting ccp'd hard and thank god for war bonds seriously Absolutely. like thank god for war bonds we would we would have to be worried about yeah let's let's let uh, me let's ask talk. you a question go and i want to since we're gonna add, do cool kids mode and ask questions i want to ask you a question mm -hmm, before we get in there our numbers have been speculated upon and we kind of there's a number floating out there and we've never denied it has anybody heard or seen anything from test even remotely discussing how much they raised because i get the feeling if they actually raised a lot they would have said so and i'm betting that their war bonds underperformed and that's why nobody's talking about how much they generated from. what do you think boss i think that failure is an orphan all right uh, it is very hard to get specific intel on war bonds in general. So like if I say that, you know, so-and-so has so much, potentially I'm timestamping the fact that we have infiltrated that aspect of things. Um, our war bond program is public, right? Like it is not completely transparent, but it is transparent enough that the uh, sort of internet detectives have already figured out that we issued 21,000 shares at, uh, you know, we're not going to get into the specific details, but 21,000 shares, each share is worth a billion ISK. People have figured out how to do the math one way or another. So our program, because our word is our bond and all the other good stuff, very public. There's been lots of discussion. There is already a thriving secondary market of goons selling bonds to one another. So we've essentially created and fully capitalized like Eve's first true like hidden reserve currency that's separated from ISK. 
I mean, I guess obviously this keys to death. Thankfully, we have a, a finance team of experts who are not me. Like, so if you see me going like mangling all the things involving <laughs> securities, I don't need to know how any of the shit works. All I do is I annoy the finance team and make sure that we have more than enough is to go around to do what we need to do. Um, but I, I think the test war bonds were a complete failure because, and here's why, precisely because you haven't heard anything from them about it, right? Like my attitude towards things, like I can go into any Titan fight. And one of the reasons why I'm so just, I mean, obviously aggression is the way forward in a situation where we are with the, the chessboard where it is like aggression, aggression, fight, 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 never give up, no, not believe in no hubris, right? That whole thing. But it's a lot easier to say, fight, 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 no hubris, no, not believe in, we're going to do this no matter what, when you know that if at any time I can essentially just press the respawn button, issue another round of bonds, and I know that goons will be fighting over each other to get a chance to get the bonds before we close the door on the bonds again, because we only want to take, you know, so much sort of a capital float before it becomes more of an impediment. So like we crack the word bonds open, uh, door open again, slam it shut. Uh, I know I can do that. I know that is an option. That is a card, which I am actually really looking forward to playing because I think we'll get even more than we did last time. Uh, you guys were spending all this time looking for Delve, Paspi. Well, it turns out that Delve was in our wallets all along. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think Tess didn't get shit. Uh, I think that you know they're, uh, they're in a really kind of uh, dark situation. I don't think that people want me to be spending all day every day on firesides talking about how their uh you know their war bonds didn't work and how their their homes are on fire right i mean literally just seconds ago let me see um dude 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 dude, dude. yeah so uh we just had uh, a couple minutes ago test and uh legacy are jump cloning home to brave space again because their shit's on fire. Because here's the thing. Here's the missing piece. I don't like to do firesides early. You know, the M2 breakout was something that was managed. Like, they played well. We played well. We took $2 trillion off of them. They got a bunch of their shit out. A bunch of their shit is still trapped. They are having to go home constantly because the missing piece from the narrative, from the frame of the strategic importance of M2 is that while we are holding this pigeon and not letting it go and focusing purely on Titan kills, Titan kills, Titan kills, Titan kills, because again, a keep star is worth like two and a half Titans, right? And Titans, the price of Titans keeps going up because of all the scarcity stuff. Uh, all that matters to the Imperium is Titan kills. But while we are holding this thing, their shit at home is on fire. FRT had to send their Winter Coalition English-speaking capitals home last weekend. It wasn't a huge group. It was, you know, Winter Coalition English-speaking. So it's not like, I'm not saying it's like hundreds of capitals home or something like that. But the reason why I'm putting these evidence points out on there is, is that I know that there are a bunch of people who are in PASPI that watch this show, right? And I know that a good 10, 15% of them are just psychopathically gurgoons. But some of them are, you know, kind of like the Dr. Mibble's crew. After eight months, we have been able to consistently say, here is what we're doing. Here is what has happened. Here is the evidence you can look at for yourself to get to the same conclusions that I am saying. So there are checks against, ooh, Mitanni man bad, Mitanni spin. I have look a point at the backfields. Go for it. No, what, what, here, I, I have to say, I love hearing... Billy and Piggles and the bad guys talking about us in this show and how we behave. And then the word they love to use more than any other word is lie. 
They say we lie. We lie to you. We're not telling you the truth. Oh, We're not. No. And when I say, oh, no. what, what are we lying about? It all comes down to idiotic lawyer quibbles and the most nonsensical pedant idiot nonsense I've ever seen. Like, we call it a soda. No, it's a town hall. Really? You had 3,000 members watching it on Twitch because you're because somebody DDoSed your Mumble server. Thank you for not telling us it, not claiming it was us. I at least give you credit for not making that up. But it's all lawyer quote. And it always comes down to like little lawyer. Well, you said this. That's okay. I Chicken didn't use the word you excuses. wanted me to use. And that makes us liars. No, we're not here to deceive you. We're here to entertain you. We're telling you the truth because, frankly, the truth is funny. Especially I mean, when the truth shows bad stuff on the bad guy side. And here's some more truth for you. I'm going to lay this on you right now. You guys want proof of how bad the morale is for the, for the other side? Here it is. More data. Boom. What a difference a month makes. We saw a Keepstar die in Delve this week. It's the first Keepstar that died since December. Okay? <laughs> Look at these numbers. The NOL Keepstar kill, December 23rd. Yes, it's two days before Christmas, but it's still not a holiday. 0148, right around the same time, the very edge, uh, like U.S. time zone, mm -hmm. early, uh, late EU time zone. 1,846 people on the kill mail, 250 Titans they used. The one SMEB Keepstar that they killed two days ago, or I guess, yeah, two days ago, the 28th and 29th, same, right around the same time. 600 fewer people on the kill mail Less than half of the Titans that they used the last time. Now, you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that fewer people wanted to get on a Keepstar kill and delve since this has been their major, major morale-boosting stuff that they do are these keeps, we're killing Keepstars and delve. Guys, that's their big thing. They have been saying this for the entire war. You can't tell me that 600 fewer characters Half the Titans wanted to get on that kill mail <laughs> from a month ago. They're but having that fun. Isn't, that isn't related to morale. I'm sorry. The, the, you can't tell me that. Having the best time ever. I mean, so I mean, look. Here, here's the thing. Like, I, I have genuinely thought about like there is a a very loud chunk of Pappy, Paspy, whatever that I'm never going to reach. Right. Never going to be convinced. Howling blood like you know just they think i am some sort of horrible monster they have drunk the kool-aid you know these are uh your true believers um but there are a lot of people who are involved in this on the paspy side that uh have legitimate questions about uh their efforts and what was legitimate what was not were their leaders lying to them am i lying about stuff i, I kind of want to back it up a bit to before M2, because a lot of the things that I have said on the meta show, a lot of things I have said on the firesides, a lot of things that Brisk has said, very consistent messaging from the Imperium has all consistently come to pass since eight months ago. We said these guys outnumbered us three to one. We would gradually grind them down, grind them down, grind them down. And I even said repeatedly, People have forgotten this because it has been a long war, but you will find clips of me having said this, if you really want to go prove me wrong, that this would end in a huge Titan fight that would turn into a hell camp and we would grind them down. And here we are. That is what has happened. And that's exactly right. And that's the bottom line, the bottom line, the bottom line, M2 tech XFE 300 dead Titans. 
1,614 dead dreads. That's the bottom line. That has been one system, one fight. But once my Keepstar died, oh no! Anyway, that's what we've seen. This was the biggest massive fail in the history of EVE, and it's an ongoing fail. And no amount of morale structure bashes is going to fix that. I mean, that's not Kool-Aid, that's reality. But I, I want to back things up but to before M2. Uh, again, speaking not to the, the like, you know, 10, 15% of just absolutely psycho Kool-Aid drinker, uh, or like the toxic narcissist, like freaks who are just so diehard gargoons, those people aren't reachable. Um, this is something that happened before M2. Uh, we were talking on the meta show about basically, frankly, whose fault is it? That I mean, credit to the Imperium, we're great, but there are a lot of discussions within the leadership of Paspi of who should get blamed for this. I was kind of thinking that Panfam would probably claim victory before M2, that they would say, hey, look, we blew up all of your shit. Look at all these citadels of yours that we have destroyed. Like, again, you remember this on the meta show, I was praising Horde for doing the good work that they did. I was giving them honest credit for honest work. Horde was doing a great job clearing fountain or was doing a great job blowing up lots of our citadels. And if they had declared victory and fucked off, we would never be able to argue that Panfam had not met their win condition, which was revenge for us glassing the North or glassing this or glassing that or whatever. Things are a little different now because of M2, because now so many Titans have been lost and things like that. So even that we are at, at this point of M2, I want to go back before that and say, if you are looking to for someone to blame for why we are in this situation, why the Imperium is winning and getting stronger and why Paspi has pissed it all away, it's Legacy's fault. Like, I know, it, like, I know the guys at PanFam right? We have been fighting PanFam off and on in one form or another for 15 years, right? You, you don't have to buy into the mitten spin of like NC.is is Bob or whatever. You just have to accept that in my world, in, in my little mittens brain, these are, you know, people that I drink beer with every time we get together in Vegas, right? Like who's always partying together? Usually it's the NC dot guys and the Gunstorm guys and the PL guys all hanging out together at Vegas. Test guys are mysteriously absent because usually speaking, they just don't go to parties. They don't go out to events and things like that. So in this situation with a champion's jewel and all this other sort of stuff, <laughs> if you're looking for why you're in this situation, the whole M2 thing, the whole mess, you did good. It's legacy's fault. Specifically though, right. it is tests fault that got everybody into this whole mix. We can't blame PanFam because we were going to do the same thing to them. We were going to blob up with Legacy and we're going to go to war to PanFam. Fair is fair. But holy shit, did Test fuck this up. My and, that, and, that's, and that's a critical point. And, and I want to I highlight this because I, I saw Vili talking on, on uh, Test and Stations, which is really what talking stations should be because all they do is talk to Vili. I mean, there's not a lot of talking in stations unless it's Vili there because he's been there all, every day. And... Matterall asked it, why, why, are they, why are they picking on you, Billy? Why are, they, why are they so mean to you? And he had some long convoluted answer about being in goons. And all. No, here's the reality, okay? You are the only public figure from the other side who goes on the shows. You are the public face of this war. 
You and Piggles are the only ones that do interviews. You're the only ones that go on and herf blurfs on, on the other shows. You're the only ones that show up on every podcast that'll have you. We have never, Gobbins has not done a single interview, has not made a single public statement on this war. That's why we don't go after Gobbins. Vince Draken has not made a single public statement, doesn't talk a thing publicly at all. That's why we don't go after Vince Draken. Headliner doesn't talk about stuff on, the, on all these shows. Because they're fucking professionals. They, they just do like... their job. They get their guys in fleet. They show up. They kill stuff. They go home and they tell them, good work, guys. We'll do it again tomorrow. They don't, they're not in this for their chapter in the next Eve, uh, Empires of Eve book. They're not in this for their own personal aggrandizement. They're here for good fights. They got nothing. If, if they walk away from this now, they will have done what they wanted to do. They got a lot of great content. They can do something else. They're not as personally invested in it as you guys are. The reason why we go after you is the same reason your guys come after us. We are the public face. I am a nobody. I am a talk show host. But I get as much attention on Reddit as bad guys leadership does. That's just the nature of being public. So if anybody asks, why are you picking on Billy? Well, he's the one out front. If it was somebody else, we'd go after them. But they don't do that. Talk should get hit. Like, I mean, you know, here's the thing. Brisk is the good guy on this channel, obviously. Obviously, he's the good guy. Um one of the most significant moments in this war was right back at the start. And, you know, like I, I want to do draw a fine line here because if I'm saying too many nice things about pan fam, it'll come off as weakness. Like, look guys, we have 131 of your Titans trapped pan. I think PL got their shit out, but it's still, there's a lot of like horde and NC dot Titans trapped in them too. But we have fought PanFam before. NC and PL know that we do hell camps. This is this is not new to us. At the start of this war, when Pro God Legend got up on July 5th and gave a speech that was punctuated by disconnects, a speech that was punctuated by weird Eve client streaming, a speech that was punctuated by claiming that they had been DDoSed, a speech where if they had learned from their mistakes back in July 5th, they could have fixed all these things for their, their legacy soda or whatever the fuck they're calling it. They didn't fix any of those issues, so they had the exact same problems that they had eight months ago, same damn speech. NC and PL and Horde, and FRT, the PanFam side of the aisle, never spewed the we are here to exterminate Goonswarm thing. The difference between this war being a just another Eve war and a hell war, and the reason why the Imperium is winning and growing stronger is because right out of the gates, Vili and Progod fucked it up. Vince, Headliner, Gobbins, Norris, these guys know that the dumbest thing you can do in EVE Online is say there are no goons, because the moment you turn it into a war of extermination, you're putting cards in my hand. And I can tell you guys this now, because again, I'm trying to reach the guys who are reachable, who are reasonable, who will not immediately go, ooh, Matani spin. If we hadn't had Hell War, I could have not, have, I would not have been able to sound the Horn of Gondor. We would have not been able to issue war bonds. All of the major strategic swings that we have been able to do to refresh and reinforce our people. Because when you're in a really long war and you suddenly have your friends from a decade ago come back to help you fight, it is inspiring. And then and that's you can't give up. You have to do it. And that is all because of what Tess did. We would not have been exactly. able to play these cards if Villian Progod had not made it a personal war of extermination about goons, which is something that incidentally, PanFam, we have been fighting them for a really long time. They have never, nobody since, nobody since the fucking Great War, nobody since July of 2006 has been dumb enough 
to do what Vili and Progod did. And they did that without direction from the Panfam leadership. I and am throwing these motherfuckers under a bus because they deserve to be thrown under a bus. They pissed away every advantage that the Paspi side had. The fault lies with Vili. The fault lies with Progod. That's the truth. That's the truth. And I'll tell you, Graf Telkin was on Data Thursday on INN. I hope you guys tuned in and saw it. He flat out said it. He said, when you're fighting goons, the worst thing you can do is turn it into something about their existence because that gives them the ability to bang a gong and a giant bucket of nerds falls out of the sky. And that's exactly what happened. So they, they have nothing, no one to blame but themselves. They could have gone in here and said, we're going to pick this fight. It, it's, this is going to be good fights. We want a good fight in war. We want to go take on these guys. They're big. We know that they're going to put up a good fight. They didn't have to start talking about annihilation, but they did that. And that gave us the ability to come together, to bind together. Because I'll tell you right now, the Imperium is a family. And this is a good segue into our next segment, which is going to be the Q&A. But before that, I want to show you. Mitten said before, Delve was in our, in our wallets. And he's right to a certain extent. But it's also in our hearts. And you want and to know why we're going to win livers. this war? I'm going to show you why we're going to win this war right now. If I can pull the video up. If it plays, that would be nice. There you go. We're back. Now, now we're not muted. Now, now we're not now muted. We're not, people, people. Wow. Yeah, it is. I, I can hear us now on this because I, I unmuted over there. All right. Uh, well, I guess we're going to try to get there. It is, I got it. There it is. You got it. You got it. You sure? You're right. Okay. You got it. Monster. Oh, there we go. There we go. Right. Right. Take it there. The memes tells the story, this war has many shades We'd wake up every morning and before I'll join the fleet I'll take a swig from last night's big wave That's sitting on the desk Feed up a new ship and then be on the way A bridge far and wide and we killed many ships We were guided by an FC team saw beauty I heard tales of many lives, told a few stories of my own I had gay camps all around me, so I was never alone Watching newbies showing up, other newbies growing up Sometimes they were so messed up they didn't have a clue I am saying the war is over, we've waited with all of you 
with you and I flit with you. I've been sitting over here and I flit with you. This shot for the mighty FCs, the whelps, the winds and piracy. This shot for the mentors that raised me, taught you to face that with bravery. This shot for us. gentlemen is why we're gonna win this war to all of you one more shot 
There you go. Wow. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, first of all, that's, that's art, right? Like that, that, that video is art. Second of all, it, it, on the one hand, it's really uplifting. On the other hand, it's reminded me how much I like miss my dudes, right? Like one of the things about like what we do in Goonswarm and in the Imperium that makes us different from everybody else. There are some other organizations that have strong cultures, but it's really sort of a night and day kind of thing is that we hang out all the time in the real world. Like we have monthly meetups in most, like a lot of cities around the world, or we used to before the fucking plague, we would get together for summer swarm. We'd get together for ice swarm. You get together in Vegas, you get together in fan fest. There's a London meet. Like we fly around the world and party with our space bros. And it's, it's great fun. And uh, you know, there was, that song's been stuck in my head since it was released and it's, it's great. And just, my God, it, it really just reinforces like what we as a people have lost in 2020 and in so far in 2021 due to this fucking thing. Because like when you were used to being able to see your friends and hang out with them and do that real life bonding, like nerd shit that we're famous for, uh, and then you have it taken away by a fucking pandemic, uh, you know, it just does make me realize how much I miss my dudes. So yeah. anyway, keep the fucking faith. That, that guys. Was a Vegas, thing. I, the first Vegas w- when we get to Vegas again. Oh, it's finally. gonna we're gonna go hard in the paint. Oh, it's gonna be bad. Oh my god, the parties. <laughs> we are gonna roll hard, guys. We're gonna roll hard. Don't worry, we're gonna get there. Markle Chen and Anominate and I, the three uh, Imperium CSM members, have been doing streams every night, and we played this last night. And Merck said it. He's like, I don't know whether to cry or like rage out because we're so excited about it. Because yeah. we miss our friends. So we do. we do. But this is why we fight, guys. This is why we fight. Now, we said we we're going to do this from the beginning of the show. Obviously, we've heard a lot of blurbs and talked a long time, but I want to keep going. We're going to do, Let's do it. A, solid, a solid segment. What I want you guys to do is, if you have a question that you want us to ask, highlight it using your, your, your channel points. If you are an INN subscriber, if you're an INN watcher, even if you're on the bad guys and you don't want to sub and you're just here to tell us that our videos are cringy because you guys don't have any don't friends, have friends and you live under the stairs, <laughs> then go ahead. You should have points. Highlight the question. Get it out here. I'll read, I'll read as many of them as I can, and Mittens and I will do our best to answer what you want us to answer. So go ahead and throw that in the chat now. Uh, are we going like full Cool Kids mode and like going some Go ahead and do Cool Kids this? mode. Right, that way it's a, and, and cool put kids. slow mode on so we have a little bit of ability to, 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 to check this stuff out. I have no idea how that works. I might be uh, able to do it. That, you, might, you might have to do that because if I try to actually do things or touch the controls, like who knows what's going to happen. Here's a question, which is when can we te- uh, kick testicles? Uh, I was saying this earlier on the fireside. Uh, test is next and then goons can rest. This war is not over. Even if some of the bad guys leave, this shit isn't over until test is I'm not going to say we're annihilating them or exterminating them or any of the dumb shit that they did, but we are going to take what they have started out of Tess's hide, and then we can chillax. So that is the test situation. Uh, even if everyone left tomorrow, we would be immediately just invading Tess, right? That is, that's where we're going. And, and you can make out that. that that's a, an actual, like, serious diplomatic statement. I know that there are some concerns amongst our, uh, some quarters of our foes about who we will be pursuing or what we will be doing. Because obviously, if you pick a fight with a thousand pound gorilla and you have, like, 
10 guys beating up the gorilla and then some of them start running away. You don't want to be the last person left and you want that gorilla chasing after you. Whatever analogy involving a power dynamic makes you happy. Uh, but we're not going to be chasing PanFam. They did not do any of this toxic bullshit crap. We are not going to stop until test has been dealt with in some capacity to our satisfaction. So even if everybody clears out a T5ZI tomorrow, we are going after test that I swear to you, as long as my people will follow us to war, as long as our people have fight in them, we will not rest from this thing until after we've had our fun with test. So another question, how are goons helping newbies in the war versus pet? I mean, we have a better culture. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, that, like, that's a lot and, of and it's not for and it's not for everybody, right? Because here's the thing: like, there are people that choose. One of the thing about being in the Imperium is that you have to be the kind of person that sees a group that the entire rest of the galaxy is whining about, or complaining about, or trash talking them, and you have to be the kind of person that goes, "Okay, I wonder what's really going on here. I want to know what those guys are really about." And so, there's definitely a degree of self-selection. Like, we are. Uh, if there, I think there would be, there are a lot of groups within the Imperium that do a great job with newbies. But I think that if there's any question about how well we are doing compared to like Brave or Horde, Horde does a pretty good job. Like, I mean, Horde is like Walmart to our Hell's Angels, right? They are, Horde is like the Bizarro Universe version of the Imperium, right? They have their thing, which is a very like wide distributed thing. And I, I'm not meaning this is an insult. When I'm saying that you guys are like the high volume sort of thing that you've got going on here, you are like the mirror universe version of us, right? We have a very specific culture that is only interested in like our people and fuck everybody else. Um, so I don't want to talk shit about Horde uh, or the, how they treat their newbies, but uh, Karma Fleet, amazing, right? Absolutely, Absolutely. amazing. I mean, also, the Imperium has a fucking DJ, right? If you're a newbie and you want to go find a group of people to play with, like, we have parties, we have a DJ, we have a real culture. If you're turned away from that, if you're not into that, if you don't want to be a newbie in our organization, well, cool. I mean, we probably, if you're not into the stuff we're in, not, you know, we don't want people that aren't into the kind of things that we're into. Uh, so I think that's how we're doing a better job. I think we're doing a better job of it for our people. Uh, and everybody else can go join something else. It's not really, you know, we, we don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry. That's why we're fighting the entire galaxy. We're fighting the entire galaxy because we don't want to be the entire galaxy. We want to be the Imperium. All right, we're going to do some rapid-fire real quick ones for oh, me. Right. So, all right, will we ever see a Fountain Frank Jr. that's like the rebellious millennial that wears a Pappy T-shirt while getting an argument with Frank Sr.? Probably not, because Quirious George already fills that gap, right? Because he's like the precocious guy that goes out there and, and does bad stuff to us. Um, can I claim Alliance SRP for using over 40 Tech 2 large bubbles this past month in M2? No. And that's from Johnny, by the way. Uh, how often are you, Mittens, this is a question for you, approached by reporters from like Polygon, et cetera? Pretty regularly. I mean, um, one of the things that, you know, it is interesting. I have thought about like spinning up, like a, doing like some YouTube clips about this or something like, especially as we're doing well in the war and my life is going to get weirder as a result, but like my life is really fucking weird, right? Like being the space emperor is weird. I found out in passing, uh, <laughs> I found out in passing 
uh, it was like yesterday that Hilmar was doing, he does this now. There's like a segment in your standard issue, Hilmar uh, investor relations speech. He did a stream or something to VentureBeat. And uh, I saw on Reddit, like, you know, I haven't watched the thing because I've gotten used to this. So like he's talking about the Mitanni and this, that, or the other thing. Uh, you can get used to anything. And so, yeah, like when big stuff happens, like reporters get in touch with me uh, or our people, like it's, it's a thing. Uh, it happens semi-regularly. And as part of that, I have to answer questions like, well, anyway, we'll get into this later. But the point is, it happens a lot. It, it's a thing. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Can you shout out to Bruden for helping new players of the game at Carmelfleet University participating in the war? Absolutely. Bruden, you're the man. Keep Hell up the yeah. good work. Pancake Cat is my hero. You guys are kicking some butts with KFU. And that's another, another way to answer the question about what we're doing for newbies. I mean, the bottom line is, we love our new players. What are we, we doing for newbies? You get in this war from the beginning, from the very start, you are important and you are useful. And Asher said it in the Polygon article, it was a new guy, been in the, been in the game for two months, that paused the M2 Sinojammer that let us do this big fight that gave us the ability to kill 300 Every plus ship counts. Every ship counts, and it was huge. Uh, how far Holy better shit, are Imperium fighting brave. on multiple fronts as we were doing for the last couple months so far than Pappy? Pretty good, because obviously their focus is all on us. And we have had, we've had SIGs that have been going out, uh, as, as Mitani had said. Initiative has been going ham and catch and all over the place and messing with Brave and screwing up their stuff behind the lines. Uh, we've seen, I mean, Bastion has, has extracted hundreds of billions of ISK worth of test stuff from Esoteria over the last month. It's just nuts the amount of stuff that these guys have taken from them. So I think we're doing a pretty good job of, of, of making the bad guys realize they have to go home and they have to defend their stuff because they can't just pretend like they're going to move in Delft because it's not, that's not reality. All right. What else we got here? Um, when will Chris so, join Karma Fleet? No comment. Uh, does Pappy have cool videos and media? Sometimes they do. They did a funny video, but it was funny. It was all me. They did a video of, of, of cutting and splicing me like I did with their, their um thing, except for it was just, they decided to make it look like we were saying nice stuff about them, but we were being honest. You know, the, the M2 breakout was legit. They, they did a good job. They, they played they well. Were competent. We played well in return. High five was all around. Exactly. We're not going to, we're not going to pretend that you guys didn't do what you wanted to do. They sacrificed uh, their dead fleet. It was the only sensible exactly. move. And we did what we wanted to do, which was kill a bunch of your kill stuff. Their that's, fucking dread that's, fleet. that's the deal. If I wanted to join the goon war effort, where should I be looking? Where should Karma they be looking? recruiting. Right. Karma fleet is recruiting. There, and if you can't get into Karma Imperium fleet directly, wars. Karma fleet yeah. university is, is the best, I'd say best option. Yes. But you can join, uh, all the information on joining Karma Fleet is in the public channels. Uh, and if you want to come in and ask us an INN, we can, we can uh, help you out with that as well. Uh, are you worried well, about Fraternity becoming the next thousand pound gorilla in New Eden while Pappy goons whittle each other's horses down? No. I think they are. I mean, they're there. They are there. They're doing their thing. Norris I mean, runs a competent shop. He doesn't want to be the thousand pound gorilla. Like, and not only like that, that's just not his style, right? You also have to keep in mind that Fraternity was not a superpower sized group back during the heady days of 2018 with 77 work balls and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was, that was the goon era where we were dominating all of the numbers and they were still getting involved. So I think now they're getting the benefit of being in safe space and, and being able to rat and mine with relative impunity because it's hard to hit them in the drone regions. But the numbers that they're drawing in are nothing compared to what we were doing at the height 
uh, of the good old days. So even even when they are number one on the charts uh, for ratting, for instance, the numbers that they're bringing in ratting wise are still less than like blackout level. So I, I, obviously they're doing their best and, and they're they're doing what they want to do. But I mean, frankly, we've seen and, and something else I want to talk about: the freemen who banded together, wrote Capel and Boss and a couple other groups up north, have been fighting them pretty hard. And so far, as far as I can tell, these guys are hitting way above their weight. They're really giving fraternity a run for their money. I've seen a couple of fights that that was looked really bad for fraternity. So they're doing what they got to do up north. Uh, we all know Mrs. Brisk is the best RuPaul. Who's the second br best Brisk troll? The second best Brisk troll, obviously, is Sadus because he is the king <laughs> of of trolling, and he gets me harder than anybody. Uh, Mark would be in the probably in the top three, but I, my wife is definitely number one. But but Sadus is number two. Angry remaining. Are we kicking Test out of the game? Isn't that what they said to us? No, we're not. No, we're not no, in this to kill. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna haze these nerds. We're gonna we're gonna give them swirlies. We're gonna bully them around the galaxy a little and make them cry. We're gonna make sure that everybody forever remembers that whenever whenever anybody looks back at this war and goes, "Why did the Imperium win? Why did the Imperium survive? Why did the Imperium thrive?" The blame goes with Vili. The blame goes with Pro God and to Test. Uh, yeah, we're not we're not saying we're gonna exterminate Test for the game. We're gonna have a lot more fun kicking their butts around the galaxy for however many years we feel like. Like, I'm not saying that we're going to be committing to a year, years-long Hell War campaign against them because basically it's not going to require that. Uh, when the war flips uh, as it's currently headed in the direction, the way that we're, we're kind of all singing and dancing and we'll have this more, you know, we'll have another M2 fight tomorrow and it'll be good. Um, but no, we're, we're not going to annihilate Test. We're going to blow them up in the video game eve online a whole bunch a whole whole bunch there you go and then and then we'll we'll take a nap that, right. that's the plan test is next because we are then, tired we we will be tired after we've had our way with after uh, test with esoteria yeah exactly. that'll be good speaking of actually while we've been having this conversation at the start of the meta show it was talking about how the enemy's backfield is in trouble and again i know when I'm talking and I'm using like real talk voice and I'm not like herping my blurfs, again, I'm talking to the like the probably 70% of Paspi who will actually listen to what I have to say, uh, as opposed to like the diehards. Uh, you can see for yourselves, look what just happened. Uh, Brave uh, jump cloned everybody back to GETAC to stop the initiative who successfully put down a fort. Uh, they are anchoring it. It will have an online timer in 24 hours uh, and Shattered Armor ate a whole bunch of shit uh, as he tends to do. Brave is in a very interesting situation because we said at the start of the war that the path to get to test was going to have to be through Brave because they are clearly the weak link here, right? Uh, it is an unfortunate situation. I warned Doug Deagle about this personally many months ago. I said, this is what is going to happen. It is going to be bad. Please get your people out of the way. And then he ended up in the M2 hell camp. He did get his shit out actually during the breakout, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's nice. I can say their backfield is on fire, and then right in the middle of the meta show, I actually say, happens. hey, guys, their backfield is on fire. Hey, here's a nit blowing a bunch of a bunch of these guys up. There you uh, go. The system works. All right. Are you sad that Basger and Keepstar died? I am sad about it, because I have a lot of friends in the Sixth Empire, and I felt, uh, I wish we could have gone to help them. But unfortunately, you know, the, the fact that we were in the war down here, it made it impossible for us to send anybody up. And I know Tess would have probably done the same thing, because everybody loves... Everybody loves Ivy. Everybody loves Space Pope. You know, mm -hmm. we would have been up there to help, but unfortunately, when we've got a pigeon in our hands, Hang can't let go. Hang on to the fucking pigeon, right? Don't yeah. let go of the pigeon. Uh, 
This might be black hand type information with the massive PVP situation that's involved, but are you going to get a new fish? Okay. So I've seen a lot of questions about, uh, about Pete and I do appreciate that, including some suggestions that we make like a, a, a rip Pete t-shirt. And I think we might actually do that. I think it will be a good way to memorialize him. Um, we do have other fish, right? Like we have a, a 10 gallon tank, which is the one which went all Mad Max Hellraiser because Pete bit the faces off of the fish that he killed uh, before he uh, sadly passed away. Uh, and then we have a 29 gallon community tank, uh, which has a bunch of stuff in it. Uh, we have actually, we just added a night goby to that, which is something I didn't know existed until we saw it in the fish store and was really cute. So we have a night goby now. Um, I'm trying to ease away from like naming fish because my 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 soul is still wounded by the the loss of Pete. Right, it's tough to go like, oh wow, you're you like the fish. We do have another beta, uh, and if we, if I can make sure that I can keep the damn fish alive, for <laughs> for long enough to like, it really sucks to be like, hey guys, here's my fish, here's Pete, show him on the meta show, then he dies, uh, in glorious battle, uh, and lives on in Valhalla. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll show you more fish as I can be sure that I'm going to be able to keep them alive. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Does Satus have a plan that would succeed to force Briss to join Karma Fleet? Yes, he does. And thankfully, he's a good man and won't use it because that would be really bad. But he does have one and I know it would work. Uh, why does it take Karma Fleet so long to get my recruitment done? It takes as long as it takes, my dude. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, when it comes to recruitment and stuff, these guys go through a lot of different things. Be patient. If you get in, you get in. Uh, let's keep going. Yep. What's your favorite quote of the war to this point? USS Avalon. My my favorite quote is, at least we tried. I was going to say that. That's my favorite quote. I was going to say this, that There's no, no better quote than that. I mean, really. At least it we tried. It sums up the war in one, four, four letters. Four words, I should say. I'm bad <laughs> at math. You guys already gave me a hard time about that before. I'm bad at, at math. At least we tried. It's... It's just, it's so succinct <laughs> and totally accurate. And frankly, I can't wait to put that on on uh, on the memorial uh, to M2 uh, that we put up uh, in there when the war's over. Uh, Atani, what is your favorite part of the war so far? Oh, God. Um, this one has had some real doozies. Um, like, remember the time that we disbanded Requiem Eternal? That happened. I think people might have forgotten about that because that was like three or four months ago, or maybe it was only two months ago. Time is a blur. This thing has been going on for so long. There have been so many highlights. For me personally, no question, the single biggest, most awesome, amazing thing that has happened in this war was after spending four months fighting the entire galaxy with our backs up against the wall where they finally got to delve. And the highest stakes moment of my time in this community the biggest decision i have ever had to make was to sound the horn of gundor because if you ask for help and it's not a real ask it's a betrayal to the community so we had to fight and fight and fight and prove to ourselves and to our veterans that we had done absolutely everything and that sounding the horn of gundor was done with the respect that it deserves. And the time between when we sent, when we sounded the horn, and then we waited to see if people would answer, it was quite stressful because, you know, I'm, I do my best. My job, my life is to build the best possible community out of this thing, right? That happens to play Eve. 
And it was very fulfilling and also terrifying to finally blow the horn of Gundor. After 10 years of being a CEO, to actually sound the horn of Gundor and have it answered by some of our best and our most committed people, friends that I hadn't seen in years coming back, Fernock fucking Dorn in Elysium. We've got the Adge, we've got Mr. V, we have Stampert, we have, it's astounding. And that is very, very deeply validating to me, not so much because of the, like, the military impact of it, because it validates the tribe and that community bond. So for me, sounding the horn of Gundor and having the call answered when we needed it most, easily number one for me. All right. What, is Mad Cow's the best cow? Yes, he is. Uh, what else do we got here? We're running up. Can we arrange a brisk and mittens versus Villy plus Pro God show for one hour's online live would be amazing viewing. I, no. I'm not interested, honestly. I, I, to be to be fair, to be fair, they'd be desperate for the attention and the spotlight. That's they it. I, that's it. The thing. They like, would love to have us talk about them here instead of them getting to go like slink around crying in stations. One of the reasons why I mic drop Villy is because I'm not interested in a back and forth with the guy. He's Mr. Fourth Place. He should stay where he belongs because actually at this point, he should probably be Mr. Last Place because he fucked up the war for everybody. He screwed it up for everybody on the side of Paspy. He fucked it up. There's nothing else to say to that other than say, eat my ass, bitch. You get what you deserve. <laughs> and, that, and I mean, I'll be honest. People ask us all the time. Why don't you guys have Brogan on the show? Why don't you guys have Villy on the show? When you Honestly, know somebody's an attention whore, you starve them of oxygen. That's like bingo. rule number one. We, if they we know really what he's want say. it, you don't give it to them. Correct. I mean, here's the thing. We have done a very good job putting on a good show for you guys. We get a thousand plus viewers every Saturday. You guys stick with us. You're the most loyal fan base in EVE. And it's not just the Imperium. We've got a ton of people from all across the game that watch the show. If we want to bring those guys on there, that's a treat for them. That's a reward. We don't want to reward them for bad behavior. We don't want to reward them after they spend hours and hours and talking Fuck in them. stations, calling us liars, saying, because we called it a SOTA and not a legacy town hall. I don't want to give these guys any more oxygen. Now we'll talk they about them. A hell sure. war. Fuck them. But I don't I don't need Fuck to them. I don't need to hear have them have a conversation with me. I know you guys would love that, but I'd rather leave that on the field. I mean, We're if gonna, the adults we'll want to come on the show, like you know, if Gobbins wants to come on the show or something like that, I'm perfectly happy to do that. Right. I'd love to have Gobbins on. We've never had Gobbins on the show. If I could things, get him on the show, but if Vince wanted to come, that would be fine. But like the people who are really, but those guys are an attention horse. That's the thing. You don't see Vince on every talk show that will have him. You don't see Vince obsessively living his life on Reddit, desperate for attention and the spotlight and the acclaim of the crowd. I do this shit once a week and I'm not making myself a likable person when I come up here and do the meta show thing. I scream, eat my ass at the top of, lungs, of my lungs. I say a lot of mean shit about people that I don't like that I think deserve it. That does not make me someone who is playing to the crowd for attention. Most of the attention I get from doing this kind of stuff is negative because, you know, whatever, I'm talking shit, right? It, it is what it is. Um, but when you know somebody's an attention whore and they're desperate to get their ass licked in front of a camera, uh, you, you, you don't give it to them. All right. And what else we got? We got here. Uh, can I have Briss say you woo you Matani? Well, I just did. So there you go. There you go to my, <laughs> I said it for you. Um, who do you think will leave next in the blue donut? No comment. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of like a good spy question, so I don't even want to go no through that. No comment. Uh, 
Aston, you're absolutely right. I do owe you a flex armor hardener. Thank you for reminding me, my friend. I will get that back to you. Uh, question, did you ever figure out how to beat Merc in DPS? And is your blood pressure okay after the rage-induced rant you went on last night? I am okay. My blood pressure is fine. I went upstairs and took a pill. I'm good. I figured it out. He had an extra entropic low than I did. Because I, I was running the regular fit, which was designed in case we had to fight PvP-wise. And he was running, like, his little bashing fit, so he switched it out. So he was cheating. He had an extra entropic. That's why he beat me so bad. So I learned. We're going to fix that. Uh, I think we're kind of, we're almost at the end here. Is there, there's not a whole heck of a lot of other questions. Um, In my shot video, there was a piano. Do I play? I have, uh, I've sort of stopped taking my lessons, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. I really like my uh, piano teacher uh, here in Madison, and he's an old dude. And, you know, with the whole plague thing, you know, we can't really go get in a small room and get taught how to play piano. Um, <coughs> I got good enough to sort of start embarrassing myself. Uh, like I can play a little, like uh, I can play like Beatles songs, not very well, but you know, I can, I can see my way through like, Hey Jude. And I can play um, some of the easier, like Philip Glassworks, uh, like, you know, metamorphosis one. Uh, but Obviously, with the war, like I haven't really, with the plague and the war, I haven't really been doing much piano time. I'm not, I, I don't want to get on the hook like with the fish stuff where suddenly people are asking me to like play the piano for them. But, you know, I, I would like to do more. Well, we'll see. Like with the railroad, that's sort of like a post war activity, I think. All right. Do you, all right. So, Matani, do you think our, the enemy line members are starting to have some problems when you see how they insult in local every time we win a victory? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody can see that things are, uh, like, the, the PASP situation is collapsing, right? Uh, militarily speaking, the PanFam side is fine. Uh, Pan, you're not seeing PanFam jump cloning home to deal with, like, what's happening to Brave. Um, but everybody can tell, you know, M2 is an inarguable event. Like, the PASP guys can get together and be like, hey, we did a breakout and we fed all of our dreads to be able to make it happen. You know, high fives all around. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were promised that they were going to live in Delve. They were promised that this everybody was going to get together. They're going to beat Goonswarm. And then it turned out that uh, that's not the case. And then M2 happened. And there they are. And they still have 131 Titans trapped. So, you know, I, I think that there is definitely a lot of soul searching. There is a lot of loud screeching denial. Uh, the adults in the room all know what's up, right? Like this me, and I've said this in public before, me throwing Vili under the bus isn't a shock. Like the hyper-conservative, coward, small balls, Mr. Fourth Place strategy is a failure. It has been a failure this entire time. Uh, you know, oh, maybe they're going to blow up some more of our keep stars. I don't give a shit. Let's kill more of their Titans, right? Like whatever. Uh, so yeah, I, I think there has been an impact. We are seeing a little bit more emotional liability, uh, liability, possibly liability. Uh, it's good. It's good. I mean, not, not, you don't see that on the Horde side, but definitely on the legacy side on the, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that PanFam is in trouble. I'm not going to say that PanFam is like losing tons of shit. Fraternity does have to deal with the Freemen of the North and stuff like that, but the legacy shit, oh my God, like they, they essentially legacy has thrown the war because they suck so much. It's, it's bad. All right. I got a handful of people who have asked, who, who have requested shout outs. So I'll try to get to those. All right. Tavania, there's your shout out. VHSler asked me, do I still love you? Do you still love me, Brisk? Yes, I do. 
Uh, Jay wants us to give a shout out to the best Ferox FC, Hustlin' Jones. You got it. And then a question near and dear to my heart. Because Mitten spent a lot... My boss is a fish enthusiast. Mitten spent a lot of time talking about what he's been, like his side hobby has been. So I'm going to talk about mine because somebody asked. This is really cool. This is can really we get cool. info on the Brisk model ship project? All right. So here's the deal. Okay. When I was a kid, I liked to build models. And I would, I, we would go to the hobby store and I was a kid. I had like 10 bucks allowance every month. And I'd go and I'd spend my 10 bucks on model kits and paints and stuff. And it was always really, really bad. And I was not really good at it. I'm now old enough that I can afford a bunch of good stuff and I can do things the right way and I can take the time and I'm not in a hurry and I'm not like 10 years old. So I had, I started and decided, and my wife was nice enough to say, well, Briss, we're not going on trips this year and everything. So if you want to go ahead and make a workshop in your basement, you can. So here are some pictures of the first build that I did uh, from the new Brisk Ruball modeling shop in my basement. Cause I go under the stairs and I play and I, and I do some, and my son, well, Merkelchen coined this, and then it turned into a thing. They they say I'm sniffing glue under the stairs because I go downstairs. <laughs> Merk called, said it that my even my son even said that. My, uh, my wife called the other day and said, "Hey, where's your father? I can't find him." And my son said, "Oh, he's sniffing glue under the stairs." So it's a thing. So here here is the ship. So the first ship that I did was this World War II Liberty ship, the Jeremiah O'Brien. It was a Liberty ship. These were the big cargo ships that went overseas. We built a huge number of these. They built the Jeremiah O'Brien in 56 days in Portland, Maine. That's how good we were during the war. So this is a 1-350 scale. It's about a foot, maybe 15-inch long model, 2 inches wide. It's kind of cool. So this, this is me. This is my workshop under the stairs. Ooh, that's nice. Over there. I got, I got I gotta get Mertz one of those. stream on the TV next to me. I've got my Brisks for CSM 2020 banner up on the wall there. I got all my little lights and everything. So that, that's me working. That banner, dude, I love it. This was the first part of the build. We did the, I, I did the hull. This, this was the very beginning of the, of the, of the project, uh, getting that started. And this was after we, I, I did a little bit more. You can see the gun emplacements. You can see. Are you using Vallejo paints? I, I have all kinds of paints, but I have Vallejo. I have Tamaya. I've got all the good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got uh, and I want a, a airbrush. I've got a, a, a all kind. I, I mean, I, I spent. You went a lot of nice. You, we did a lot of good. You're not a lot of good stuff. And, right. I, and honestly, you can see it works out. So yeah. here's the final. This is the build. All of it's done, ready for paint, put together, all set. This was about. I'd say 15 hours worth of work right here. And I was doing it like an hour at a time. There's a little closer. You can see in a little bit more detail. The kid had a lot of good detail on it. I gotta, I'm impressed with it. Put the primer down. I use Virginia Lawyer as my, as my newspaper of choice uh, to cover it. The primer covers the entire ship. That, that way all the paint goes on and it looks good and everything. So here is, now once we finished this, then the next step was I did the hull, I did the stripe, I did all the little details. I did the decals, everything. Here we go. So this is the rest of, this is it completed. That's the front of the Jeremiah O'Brien. I got little rust details. This is what it looks like in real life right now. It is in Pier 45 in San Francisco. You can go visit this ship. It's still around. That's the front. That's from the, from the bow. Here's a midship shot. Here is the stern. I need to work on my detail, my, my decals a little bit. I'm getting there, but it's pretty legit. The, the Tamaya rust and dirt and mud and other types of master uh, weathering tool is freaking amazing. It's just so easy to do this. 
And having seen the ships, and anywhere there's like a hole that water goes through, it's gonna it's gonna rust. So you can mm -hmm. see that. Like you can see the front. Like I I loved doing the the uh, the rust underneath the the anchor. I thought that was really cool. This this kit had a lot of good stuff. It even had like the the, the pin pin up nose art on the side of the of the uh, the three uh, the three inch cannon in the front. It's really cool. Midships, other rear stern shot. There's the whole thing you can see. Uh, I did a little bit of, of paint. I, I need to do a better job with my 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 really fine detail uh, on the uh, on the uh, weathering is a fucking art, dude. Weathering is I, an I, art. I haven't. This is the first model that I have done in f like thirty years, so I'm I'm getting back into it. Hell so yeah. there's there's a shot from the stern on, and then that's where it sits in my office. It's right here now. Uh, over there, and, and and behind it, you'll see the orange book right there is called The Matthews Men. It's by a guy named Bill Giroux, uh, who was a reporter. I met him a, a bunch of times. Uh, it's about World War II and and the merchant mariners that I represent now, all who went to sea. Uh, and there was one county in Virginia that supplied a ton of the officers, and it's a really good book. So I, William Giroux, The Matthews Men, check it out if you're interested in World War II stuff. So. That's my model thing. Now I have I have three more models ready. I'm I'm working on. I'm gonna start working on. I got a a CV6 World War II USS Enterprise carrier. I've got a USS New Jersey battleship, and then I've got another. I've got the CVN uh, Enterprise, the big the nuclear one that they just uh, decommissioned a couple of years ago. That thing is massive. It's like huge. So that'll be my like my capstone as I get all these projects out. So there you go. Oh, and that Thrawn book, by the way. Signed by Timothy Zahn. Saw him at an awesome con two years ago. So, you know, I, I'm, I love, I, I love I'm these true nerd. Nerd, nerd segments. Like, it's nice because, you know, uh, we kind of get to let our, or at least I feel like I wouldn't want to say brisk freak flag. I get to let my freak flag fly when I like, and I'm like, once we, this is a post-war thing. I've seen some questions about this. Uh, brisk is doing his ship thing. Uh, and Tamaya, that's what I did, by the way. That's, that's, that's how I did it. And, uh, Soon, hopefully, like when the, the, the war situation is settled down, uh, I will, uh, we've been promising a railway segment, but fish are a lot easier to show off than railways. You have to build a railway, and that's a very, very time-consuming process. Uh, hopefully soon, sometime, I'll have some free time to start working on that as we're caving test skull in. Um, that was amazing, dude. Also, I'm going to be asking you for fine-scale modeling techniques because I need to figure out how there to go. weather my trains appropriately. Uh, and yeah. Okay. Uh, I think we are. I think we're done. I mean, we've gone. We went over. We wanted to. Pro I promised you guys we'd get to questions. We, we did wanted questions. to be honest, answer your questions. You had good questions. Uh, some fun, some ones that were that were of substance, and we want to make sure that we do that because we value you. You are the best audience in Eve Online. Thank you for joining us every week. You guys come here. You sit. You have a good time. We love you very much. Uh, you sit through the good times, the bad times when morale is low. Uh, when morale is high, when the war is going great, when the war sucks, when we're winning Keepstar fights, when we're losing Keepstar fights, it doesn't matter. You guys are here every week. We appreciate that very much. We're going to do our best to keep entertaining you every week because that's why you're here. You're here to be entertained. And that's why we try to put on the best meta show that we can, even when I fuck up and, and, and black screen on a great video before it goes out. So <laughs> in any event, thank you all. This has been the meta show for January the 30th, 2021. That's right. I can't say pine cones to lend to S. I That's stick right. this pine cones. I guess we'll just have to go back to you stay classy, Nui.